Hello, my name is Samuel George London, and welcome to Comics for the Apocalypse. On today's episode, I speak to comic book writer and very nice chap, Curtis Clow, about what comics he would take into an alien invasion apocalypse. But before we get into it, I'd like to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Comic Scene. To support their work, you can become a friend of Comic Scene for just £20 a year. When you become a friend, you get access to premium content on the website, including Comic Scene Weekly, Newsstand Comics, Retro Comics, Comic Shop of the Week, and free comic downloads. To find out more, visit comicscene.org. And on a side note, Curtis was so focused on surviving the alien apocalypse during our interview that he completely forgot to mention that in June... Dark Horse will be publishing the first trade paperback of his flagship series, Beastlands. The link to pre-order that is in the show notes, so be sure to check it out as well, because the series is simply superb. Now, without further ado, on with the show. Hello, Curtis Clow, how's it going? I'm doing good. Excellent, excellent. Um, and uh, just in our, our, our preamble before coming on the air, um, we were just talking about how we are basically in two different worlds. Um, you're in 90 degree heat and it's kind of, you know, probably about, um, what is that? It's probably in the region of about 40 degrees over here, um, yeah. which, is about, which, which is about five degrees celsius um for those not 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 able to do the celsius fahrenheit um conversion in their head so quickly um and uh yeah no it's uh it's it's amazing that we're on opposite ends of the world and being able to speak yeah i'm in the uh california heat this is definitely the hottest day of the year so far i just had to take out my dog to the bathroom i just felt like i was burning already just you know been out there for a few minutes it's crazy, man. Crazy. Awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's a real pleasure to have you on the show. Um, but for those of you, uh, for those that haven't come across you just yet, what do you do in the world of comics? Yeah, I'm a comic writer. I also self-publish. Um, I've done 14 Kickstarters. Uh, I'm self-taught, so I didn't go to school for this. Uh, everything I've learned is just through the internet and practicing and hiring editors. Um, but I've done 14 Kickstarters. I, I have a uh, a series signed with Dark Horse that's from Kickstarter. I'm working on um, a few other like freelance projects, and uh, yeah, I just love comics, love creating own comics, and just living the dream, being able to make a living doing this. That's amazing, man! So good, um, and and hopefully we'll get into that a bit more later. Uh, but for the time being, uh, where can people find you online? I am at Curtis Clow on Twitter, Instagram, and I have a Facebook page as well. Excellent. And of course, all of those links are in the show notes, folks. So uh, go check out uh, Curtis's work uh, whilst we're uh, whilst we're chatting. Um, now, uh, having said that, I do have some bad news, I'm afraid, Curtis. And although although it's the, the hottest day of the year um, so far for, for you over in California, um, the aliens have decided to invade, I'm afraid. And uh, they are, of course, going to be starting off with California, um, get, making sure that they wrap up all of the big tech um, before before it gets a chance to to defend itself. So um, my my question to you is, what is your action plan for survival? 
Oh man. So uh I feel like this is one of the hardest uh apocalypse situations. I was hoping for like a zombie apocalypse or something, but aliens <laughs> they're they're high tech, they got space travel, um their technology is probably a lot more advanced than ours. So I don't think we can put up much of a fight. I think I'm probably like looking for a bunker like 10 Cloverfield Lane or I'm mm-hmm. uh or you know uh, I hope that they might have like a sense of humor and I can be like a gesture or something or, or be make friends or something, you know. <laughs> Yeah. nice that's the that's the way to do it yeah you know? definitely try try and um yeah definitely um have their you know their graces <laughs> and, right, right. and kind of you know, just in, in, integrate yourself into, i'm gonna betray the human society. species just for my own survival and uh you know go live <laughs> yeah, on their right. ship <laughs> straight up excellent and uh whilst whilst you've done that and you're on the mothership um the the aliens are interested about human culture although they've you know they've completely um taken over the planet um they are interested in human culture um and they find out about your your career as a as a comic book writer um and they want to find out more and so the first question that uh your alien overlords ask you is what's the first comic you remember enjoying so uh... This one, I would say, would be Sithra by Jason Brubaker. It's a super indie comic. Um, he self-published it through Kickstarter and stuff. And uh, it, you know, I was older when I read it, but it was just done. Uh, it kind of got me back into comics like in my early 20s, late teens. It was just done so well. Like It's such an easy read, almost like, like a children's book. Like It's really low panels, the way he uses spreads. It, uh, it like opened my eyes as a creator and like what comics can do and how you can experiment, even though there, there's rules in making comics, but you can always experiment mm-hmm. and break the rules. And there's nobody that mm-hmm. nobody says you can't do two back to back spreads or something crazy like that if it fits for the story. Mm yeah exactly man totally um and uh this this is available on webtoon webtoons is yeah it? yeah he uploaded on webtoons too i have some of the print That's editions right. but uh yeah you can read it yeah. for free on webtoons and so did it did it start on webtoons or no, how, how did that work he, uh, he yeah. brought that on there later i think he started just he had a blog right. and uh that's how i found him because yeah. he was like you know as a creator you're always like researching ideas and like how to get better at making comics and he had this blog where he was like Back in the day, he was always talking about like making comics and giving advice to creators. And then uh, he would upload the pages as like a webcomic on there. And then so that's where I was reading it. And then he eventually brought it over to Kickstarter. Um, his blog was so popular that he did super well on Kickstarter, had a huge audience on Kickstarter. And then he got the Webtoon original deal where he was kind of like re-uploading it and then working on the uh, the last few volumes with Webtoon mm. where it would come on Webtoon first and then he would Kickstart it later. That's awesome. Really cool. Um, and you, you say that it brought you kind of back to comics. Um, so I, you, I assumed that you had re- previously read comics and then you kind of fell out, fell out of reading them for a while. A little bit growing up, like I, I always had a pool to comics, but I just didn't know enough about them or like where to buy them. And, uh, I had just a few random issues that, I, that were cool. And I was trying to like make my own, this is like middle school grade. So probably like, you know, um, like 10, 11, um, and I, I was actually like drawing and writing my own comics back then. But then I kind of got out of it until like that early 20s age where I started like really, you know, getting obsessed with it. Because I, I knew I, I always knew I wanted to do something creatively. I just never knew it was comics until like until I read Sithra and started reading Image Comics and everything. And then that's when I kind of uh, fell in love with comics. And then that's when you took the dive to start writing yourself. Yep. Yeah. I've always been writing stories, um, trying to get better at it, mm-hmm. but I just didn't know that the medium was going to be for comics. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, what was your, what was your first, 
um, story uh, with comics? Uh, my wrote? first series, um, I, I did some short stuff. Like I, I was, I think it's good to practice these like shorter scripts, like a single page mm-hmm. story, five page story, ten page story. But my first series was the Wild Cosmos. That was the first one that I did on Kickstarter. And, mm-hmm. um, and of course you make the mistake on your first series, you, you want it to be like 25 issues. You have these ambitious goals, but, uh, I definitely had to cut a lot. So <laughs> now it's, it's a five issue story. It got picked up by scout comics and we did it on Kickstarter too. So that was my first one. That's awesome. And I mean, that's amazing that, you know, your first series got, got picked up by a publisher. So, you know, all credit to you. <laughs> yeah. It's really fortunate. Like, like you, you know, as I look back at it, I think obviously your work's going to get better as you keep making stuff. But I mean, I'm fortunate for my first ever series to, um, to, to get picked up by a publisher, even though, even though looking back, I see there's all these things that I would want to change in it now, but it's kind of just like a timestamp of where I was at the time as a creator. Hmm. Yeah, totally, man. That's awesome. Um, and so uh, from that point, um, obviously, you just kept on kickstarting. Um, and then eventually, uh, you came uh, forward with, with Beastlands, um, which is probably your landmark series so far, would you say? Yeah, Beastlands is definitely uh, the, the most popular. That popularity has definitely rubbed off onto my other series. But Beastlands was my second ever yeah. series. And uh and I've been working on that one since like late 2018. And uh, we're now up to like issue seven on that one. That's amazing. And of course, as he mentioned earlier, it got picked up by Dark Horse, um, which is absolutely uh, amazing. How did, how did that come about? Uh, I want to say just kind of luck, you know, like uh, I travel around going <laughs> to these conventions. I'm sharing my stuff online and I guess just the right people saw it and saw the, uh, you know, saw the quality of the work and, you know, as my second ever series, like that's also pretty crazy to be picked up by Dark Horse. They're going to be releasing issues one through five in a trade. And I just feel lucky as well. Like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't I don't remember the exact quote, but there's some quote. Um, uh, Luck is when opportunity meets something like that or, or talents when an opportunity meets, meets preparation. Luck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something yeah, like that. Exactly. But uh, yeah, I, it's definitely true. Like you just got to keep improving at your craft, keep making things. And uh, I think eventually these uh, these good things will happen. Oh, a hundred percent, man. Um, and uh, yeah, no, all all credit to you, though, because they're 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 fantastic series. So, you know, it's well deserved as well. Thank you. <laughs> it's not that. just luck. <laughs> I appreciate that. That's really nice of you. <laughs> oh, no worries, man. Um, now, uh, going back to the mothership um, and uh, our alien overlords, uh, the next question that they ask you is, "What's the funniest comic that you've read?" So this one, uh, I'm a big fan of Rick Remender, uh, and he has a series called Deadly Class, and it's like an action series where these uh, these kids are in this like high school assassin. They're they're learning to be assassins, so you wouldn't think there'd be a lot of comedy, but uh, he he does. He's a pretty good comedy writer. Uh, Scumbag's pretty funny too. Um, and there's a scene in Deadly Class where this this uh, you know he's like this high school assassin kid, and he's got this job at this comic shop, and he eats this burrito. And he goes into work and you just don't see it coming. His stomach starts hurting. And then he eventually just shits all over this kid, I think, who's asking him these comic questions. And it was like one of the first (laughs) times that I was just like laughing out loud reading this assassin comic. (laughs) Uh, Were were you anywhere uh, embarrassing at all? Were you just at home? No, I think I was just at home in front of my girlfriend and she's just seeing Mm. me crack up reading this comic. Yeah, totally. Oh, that's awesome. I was just thinking if you you were on a bus or something. 
Right, right. <laughs> but so no, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, yeah, that's that's hilarious. That's one series that I have not read. Um, for it, tremendous. So, ah, Tyler, um, I definitely, yeah. definitely need to get on that. The show is great too. They did one season, but it's uh, definitely well made. I mm. wish they wish they did more, but you know, uh, cable t- TV issues. Yeah, exactly. That old chestnut. It's uh, it's it's tough to keep it going, but even yeah. if you kind of get <clears throat> get a, you know something like that um, from from a series, that's that's amazing, still, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, moving on to our next question and uh, shifting emotions. Um, what's the saddest comic that you've read? So I'm going to go back to uh, Rick Remender, one of my favorite writers. Low is uh, that that series will break your heart. Um, there's a uh, they are, it's a post-apocalyptic world where they are uh, the sun's dying, so they're living under the water, and uh, they have these probes out looking for like habitable planets. And the main character, uh, the mother, she, she's all about like hope, and she's super optimistic, and she's trying to find this probe. And um, you know, there's there's a lot of sad moments in that comic because it's just like the worst of humanity. Everything's ending. Everybody's given up hope except for this mother. Um, and she, and I, I don't know if I should go into spoilers or anything, but she she finds the probe and uh you know it's it's tragic what happens like they have like there's there's a chance that there could actually be like a habitable planet and just everything gets taken from her brutal man um and uh yeah no um best not to to spoil it um too much but that's um that is a fantastic series and uh yeah it does break your heart yeah (laughs) yeah. so folks if you're looking to to find a series that will break your heart that's the one um (laughs) but uh, yeah um now uh shifting emotions once again what's the scariest comic that you've read so I, I haven't read that many horror comics. It's something that uh, like I want to read more of because I, I have kind of an itch to like make a horror comic one day. Um, but I, I just read recently The Me You Love in the Dark by Scotty Young and um, uh, George Corona, I think is the artist. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, it, that's it's correct. Really yeah. well done. Uh, Scotty, like he's obviously like an amazing artist, but he's been mm-hmm. he's been killing it writing the past few years, and I'm really enjoying mm-hmm. like his uh, his writing of uh, all these new series that he's working with on Image. And this series was just so well done. Like it's about this girl who's an artist and she's kind of got this art block. She's not able to paint anything. She moves into this haunted house and uh, it's this like subtle horror where they don't overshare it. They don't overshow like what the creature is, what this ghost creature is, but like, it's kind of just always subtle and it just kind of like picks up throughout the, it's only a five issue series and you kind of see more and more of it. And it's just super creepy when you finally see like what it looks like and like the fact that she's like friends with it and living with it. Um, it's just really well done. That's awesome. Yeah, no, that's <clears throat> another series I haven't haven't read um, from from Image there, but um, yeah, definitely going on my uh, to read pile. Oh, it's recommended. Um, uh, George sure. is an amazing artist, and yeah, like I said, Scotty, he's mm. just uh, he's just getting better and better as a writer. That's awesome, man. That's great. Um, now, uh, moving on to one of my favorite questions, and that is, what is your favorite cover? So for this one, I uh, like I read a lot of trades, so I don't have like all the single issues covers and stuff. I just don't have a room in I don't have room in my apartment to like store everything. So I get a lot of trades, but uh, one of my favorite covers is uh, from one of my favorite series, Isola. I think that's how you pronounce it. It's an image series mm-hmm. by um, Carl Kershaw and Brendan Fletcher. It's one of my favorite series, and their their volume one trade cover is just beautiful. Like it, it just uh, mm-hmm. it, it's about this. Um, 
this uh she, she's like a queen's guard and she's escorting the queen turned into this tiger so she's escorting it through the forest you see like all of the gear on her back and you see this like mm-hmm. beautiful forest scene and it just it brings back those like child memories of watching i know studio ghibli really influenced their series and that that influences mm-hmm. a lot of my work and that that cover just captures it perfectly of like those that magical studio ghibli feel mm-hmm. yeah totally man and i forget um who did princess mononoke uh, Studio Ghibli, uh, uh, Miyazaki, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought so. Um, and so, yeah, no, it really does have that feel, doesn't it? Yeah, um, I mean, Mon- Mononoke, that's like probably one of my all-time favorite films. That's definitely my favorite Ghibli yeah. uh, film, so that's probably why I love that cover so much. Totally, man. Um, yeah, no, it's beautiful, like with the... Um, with the ray of sunshine coming through the, yeah. the canopy of the of the treetops and things um and uh yeah now you can just see that they're obviously on a journey and things as well mm-hmm. it's uh it evokes a lot of uh a lot of emotions i guess or just uh, a lot of imagination yes rather. yes yeah. like you're, go- you're gonna go on a journey really cool no that's awesome man Excellent. Um, now, uh, moving on to another of my favorite questions, and that is, what is the most meaningful comic to you? So for this one, I would say um, Coda. Coda is a series by Year and Mateus Bergera, I want to say his last name is. Uh, it was a boom mm-hmm. series. They did three volumes. And um, like I could have easily picked like another like one of Remender's series, but I'm trying to switch it up here. Like This is another one of my favorite <laughs> series that has beautiful art. It's like... It's like Lord of the Rings, but like post-apocalyptic and like magic is gone. Um, it's about this guy named Hum and he doesn't really say much. He's always like journaling and um, and he's, he's kind of like this depressive who's just like like moving along through the world. And uh, I just feel like his relationship, he has this uh, wife who's kind of um, I, I just feel like their relationship so well written. And I, I feel like I've been in relationships like that in the past where like I, I think there's even a line where uh where she says to him, she's like, I hate that I love you. And he goes, I know. And like, it's just, <laughs> it's just so well done. Like Sai Sai is another one of my favorite writers. Um, he's really good. And, uh, and then the series ends perfectly with uh, the end of volume three, like the last uh, bit of dialogue there is just, it's just perfect. That's awesome, man. Again, another, another series I need to add to my uh, ever increasing reading pile, <laughs> um, which is incredibly frustrating. Um, I can see some of it right here. I've got, you know, I've got a digital reading pile and a, and a physical reading right, pile. Right, right. Uh, like, don't we all? To be a creator yeah. and trying to like, keep up to date on reading is hard. It is, it is, and then and then throw two two young kids in the mix as well, oh, and yeah. a full time job, and it's like, oh my god, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be very slow; it's glacial. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no, it's all good. Uh, now, moving on to our next question, um, our alien overlords ask you, uh, what's the most underrated comic? I'm going back to Isola. I don't hear enough people talking about Isola. If, if that's how you pronounce it, it could be Isola, mm-hmm. Isola. I think I've heard Brendan Fletcher call it Isola before, so I'll stick with that. But I don't hear enough cool. people talking about this comic. Uh, they did two volumes, mm-hmm. and then I know mm-hmm. Brendan got sick with COVID and stuff, but I think they're bringing it oh. back. Um, they never got to like cool. properly end it, so I think they, they're going to be able to mm-hmm. bring it back with Image eventually. Um, but it's so well done. It's beautiful. Carl is one of my favorite artists, and... Um, M Sassy K, she does the colors, her coloring. She's like, you know, she's one of the best colors out there. It's just a beautiful mm-hmm. book, so well written. It's uh it's that it's got that Ghibli fantasy um 
influence um and it's just so much about the characters it's not all like just plot driven it's it's about these characters it's about this character rook who's like protecting the the queen who's this tiger who can't even like talk to her anymore and she's like protecting the tiger with her life and uh you know trying to do best by it um and their relationship uh where you have the queen as a tiger and her her guard there it's just so interesting i I love it that's so cool yeah no um definitely um one that needs to be to be read by more people for sure and then yeah hopefully they'll be able to finish it Mm -hmm. um or get 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 started on the on the ending <laughs> or yeah. if they, I don't know if they they've got um, ambitions to expand the storyline even further than yeah, yeah. You know, another. I mean, I hope maybe. I love it so much that I hope they just keep going. But uh, I know they have a proper mm. ending for it eventually. But I uh, I'm looking yeah. forward to more. Awesome. It's, I rarely reread nice. a series, but that's one where like I'll go back and mm. just reread those first two volumes sometimes. So I mean, I, I know it's yeah. it's uh it's I don't know if it's underrated. They come out with image and stuff. People know it's beautiful, but I still just feel like I, I don't hear enough about it. Totally, man. Nice. Um, now, um, what comic would you recommend to a friend who's never read comics? I would go step by bloody step. It's a new series by that same team of uh, Coda with Sidesbarrier and Mateus. And it's uh, only the first two issues are out yet with image, but it's a wordless comic. And I just feel like that's so Mm. uh, it it could open somebody's eyes who hasn't read comics and um, doesn't really know what comics can do. Like it's such an easy read because there's no words in it and you can just flip through. But if you really pay attention to like the paneling and the art, like, it can really like uh, open up your eyes to what comics are. Totally, and that, I mean that's really brave as as a creator um, to be a wordless comic, really, isn't it? Like complete trust in the art, doing all of the talking. <laughs> exactly. Like, uh, like I don't know if I would ever want to make a. It, it seems like it would be a fun challenge one day, but they definitely perfected mm-hmm. it in. Uh, and are telling like an amazing story even though it's only two issues in it's already just so good and uh they they are uh they are kind of showing the way to do it if if you decide to ever do like a wordless comic nice that's awesome man uh now uh coming on to our last last question in regards to your comic choices uh if you could only take one comic into the apocalypse which would it be so I'm going to do Low uh, by Rick Remender again. I, I said this one earlier, but it's not because I can just like, uh, I was thinking of how to answer this question. Like, would I want something that's really long? So I just have entertainment. But I feel like I, I uh, answered it a different route where this this is a book about hope. So if you're in the apocalypse, this is almost like a Bible mm-hmm. where you can show people like there's there's hope. We have a chance. And I did say it can break your heart, but the ending is on like a happier note. So you can like almost use this as like, a, you know, showing to try to keep people's morale and their spirits high and like showing that there's a chance that we can try to get out of this apocalypse and rebuild Nice. Excellent, man. Good stuff. Um, and then along with um, complete works of low, um, what weapon, tool or useful item would you like to take with you as well? So this is a tough one because the alien invasion, like I said, I don't think I have a fighting chance. Like I can't bring a gun or a sword <laughs> or anything. So like I'm going to... I'm going to do my research. I'm going to figure out what they like, maybe like what they eat as a gift of offering and, uh, you know, maybe make some mm. like good brownies or something. And hopefully they have like a good sweet tooth <laughs> and try to just befriend them. 
Nice. So a, de- a decent uh, recipe book yes, for desserts. Yes, recipe book. Yeah, yeah. We got the recipe book. We got low. I got some sweets. You know, we'll see what they like. Maybe they like hot sauce. You know, try to try to be friendly. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, definitely. Why not? Wow, this Excellent. is so good. Let's keep this guy around. Yeah, exactly, man. You got to make yourself um, unique and and something that they want. Really. Right, right. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, that's, that's a very, very good plan, Curtis. Uh, well, um, Curtis Clough, thank you so much for sharing your comics with the apocalypse. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's a lot of fun. Hey, no worries, man. And uh, for the listeners, one more time, where can they find you online? So I'm at Curtis Clough on all social media, uh, com. if you want to get in touch or check out my portfolio or anything like that nice um and again those links in the show notes um but uh that aside um do you have any cons coming up this year at all i just did WonderCon. um hopefully gonna make it into san diego comic-con and la comic-con mm-hmm. later this year yeah fingers crossed i'm sure you will um undoubtedly um and uh you know if you're if you're ever in the uk and you make it to a london or glasgow comic-con uh make sure that you hit me up and it'd be great great to oh, grab a definitely. coffee or something yeah that's the dream to travel for uh, overseas for a convention one day hopefully yeah man yeah, yeah i hope so that'd be fantastic um and uh yeah i mean that aside i'm i'm hoping at some stage to get to new york um and obviously other side of the country but, yeah, no, New know, York is um, another if one. If you make it to New York. Yeah, I haven't done New York yet, but that's another one. I, I just applied to them uh, earlier this week, so hopefully I, I can uh, travel to that cool. one later this year too. Fingers crossed. Very cool, man. Excellent. Um, well, again, Curtis, it really has been an absolute pleasure. Um, and uh, may our paths cross one day. Um, but uh, that aside, I'm sure I'll see you on Twitter. Thank you. Yeah, I'll see you there. <laughs> Take it easy, man. Take it easy. Bye. Thanks again to Curtis for being on Comics for the Apocalypse. It was an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review for us on iTunes or whichever podcast service you use, as not only will it let me know that you liked it, but I believe that it helps make other people aware of the show as well. If you'd like to check out Curtis's work or follow him on social media, those links are in the show notes, along with all our links to the various areas of the internet. Sorry about that. Speaking of which, if you haven't already, be sure to visit Comic Scene's website at comicscene.org for comic news, the comic club, and other fun sequential art stuff. And finally, as long as the apocalypse doesn't come to pass in the next week, I'll see you next Monday. Bye for now.